0: The most popular person on Instagram is the soccer player called Ronaldo. Maybe you've heard of him. When he posts a picture, it's often seen by about 300 million people. The overhead in terms of energy consumption that is implied there is about equal to the yearly consumption of one Amsterdam household.
1: Welcome to the Software Delivery Club, where I talk to industry leaders exploring aspects of the business of delivering and supporting software in production, as well as how to lead the change in engineering and IT. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Richard Bowne, and this is episode 17. This time I talked to Tom Kennis, Sustainable Cloud Consultant and Ambassador for the Sustainable Digital Infrastructure Alliance. We discuss how IT and software delivery can be more sustainable, and what happens when Ronaldo uses Instagram. We also talked about the impact of programming language choice on carbon footprint, the amount of energy used when watching Netflix, and how to right-size your cloud infrastructure. Lots to dive into for the techies with tools that are available to measure the impact of your software. The emphasis is very much on making small changes that add up to a big difference. So there are some really practical tips here for individuals and organizations alike. Hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Software Delivery Club. This time I'm talking to Tom Kennis all about sustainable IT. Uh, Tom works as a sustainable cloud consultant at Skyworks and advises companies in using the cloud in a sustainable manner. Next to that, he's involved as an ambassador with the Sustainable Digital Infrastructure Alliance, the SDIA, a non-profit organization. Driven by a strong passion for sustainability and technology, he is eager to drive society in a more eco-friendly direction. Hi Tom, thanks for joining me today.
0: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Now, we did work together before, so I do know you in a previous life. I'm really interested to find out about your new direction. I know it's in in parallel to your existing work as well. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how that works, and then we can go on to sustainable IT.
0: So I've always been interested in sustainability and trying to figure out how I can incorporate society in my work. and Doing what's good for society. And I think sustainability is overall the best thing you can do. Anything that's more sustainable will in the end uh, benefit society. And I noticed that in my work, I was mostly working for big corporates where it's always a bit vague how they benefit society. And I just decided at some point, okay, I'm gonna pick up the phone, write emails, start calling around, see which people are active in the scene of sustainable IT. And then at some point that just started snowballing into my current role as ambassador for the SCIA.
1: Mm-hmm. So how did that kind sort of come about then? So you say you picked up the phone. So was it literally you just connected with somebody or was it a few of you created some momentum? How did that work?
0: Yeah, so the SEA has been going on for a longer time. I think they exist now for about four years, at least the founder, Max Schultzen. Mm-hmm. He has been doing this for about four years, first in Germany, then I think quite quickly also in the Netherlands.
1: Yeah.
0: So I could just run into him via this other organization called LEAP, which is mostly a Dutch organization that also tries to fund or direct funds towards sustainability in a broader perspective. Okay. And I think Max Schultz is the first guy that I met in this scene of sustainable IT that really... Went through the same thought process as I did. Okay. So we quickly did off and we, uh, yeah, for me it was quite clear from the beginning that I wanted to work with him because we think about these things in the same way.
1: And what what is that way of, of you thinking about things? How does that differ?
0: So I think most people that enter the realm of sustainable it go through a similar fashion first you think cloud is a good thing cloud is a good thing then you Mm -hmm. notice that there are some qualities in there Then you notice that uh, why aren't we tackling those things what's keeping us back why can't we measure it where can we measure it there are all these questions that you kind of go through you start researching and then at some point you kind of realize okay we the real question here is how can we incentivize companies to start reporting on their digital footprint?
1: Yeah, also how you can help them, I suppose, as well, because as you say, in cloud, it's not always obvious how you can measure that exactly.
0: Now in cloud, we, in cloud is the least welcome environment where you can measure these things, because often there are layers of abstraction that disallow you allow well, you to read lower level counters if they even exist. Yeah, which makes sense because you don't want to have this sort of root access in most environments. So what would you say is sustainable
1: IT then in itself?
0: So sustainable IT uh, attempts to uh, enable companies and developers to start reporting on their GHG emissions, their carbon footprint, their energy consumption. So it's all about starting from the bottom, I think, because I think if you if you can enable developers to incorporate their f- the footprint in their decision-making, you are enabling such a large workforce to do b- more green, to do better in yeah. that context. Uh, that's the end goal. Uh,
1: I'm presumably it's a win-win then, isn't it really? Because a company can show their green cr- credentials, but also if it's a bottom-up driven thing, that it really brings the organization together in some ways as well. Maybe it's good to touch on the couple of recent events that you have. I know that you have people coming along to understand sustainable IT and how does that work with them and how does that drive change in organizations?
0: Yeah, so I think I think a lot of people are working on similar things at the moment and we are really trying to align those efforts in the sense. For example, measurement, there, there is not that many options that you can go and there are some tools that are already out there to help you. Some companies are using them as well. I know that ABN, ABN AMRO says that they're using it, but I've never really seen a report from them. For the rest, I think, I, I'm not really sure the companies are really picking this up at the moment. I haven't really seen a lot of companies eager to report on their carbon footprint, but I do know that the big four consultancy firms are busy setting up. They're helping out and also putting out marketing to audit the sustainable footprint of um, their clients. So I know that there's quite some momentum going on, but the last two years also, I think, steered the course a little bit to a different direction for many companies. That's a bit more on the back burner now, but with everything going on, I think it's a matter of time before these things are more, you say, top of mind again.
1: Yeah, maybe. But for developers, I suppose, it's something that they can do every day, or people who work in infrastructure, or people making choices around infrastructure as well. So do you have some tools or best practices which you recommend for those kind of approaches day-to-day?
0: Yeah, so the easiest thing you can do, which also saves you money in the end, is just right-sizing your deployment, your provisioning your cloud, basically. We see that a lot of times we size things for peak load, whereas if you would work with more of an auto-scaling kind of way. You can, of course, mitigate that a little bit. But I think that's the easiest way to really improve your footprint as well as your financial position. So that's really a win-win.
1: So that's right, picking the right size VM, for example.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Also, thinking about developing a source in the first place, this is really necessary to have what would imply in terms of sustainability and carbon footprint. That's something that we also recommend a lot. But that's, of course, a bit more difficult, I would say, because it's also really hard to get numbers on these kind of things.
1: Because that's like the build versus buy approach. So should we build it here or should we just buy it from somebody else who's already doing it maybe and leverage their platform?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: There's quite a famous kind of league league, table of programming languages and showing how green they are in comparison or how much energy they use. Are these things that we can also use as developers or system designers to inform our decisions.
0: Yes, yeah, so the SDA doesn't really promote certain software types or programming languages. We take a bit more of a broader scope. We also mm-hmm. look at UE, data center, architecture, even energy grid mix, kind of thing. I know some research from the Vrije Universiteit, Universiteit Amsterdam, which recommends certain tactics that you can apply as a programmer to build better software. But I also really like the research that, that gave us that table. Because if you look at it, then you see that Python has an energy consumption that's 80 times that of C Sharp. This really gives you a lot more, quite a good indication how bad Python actually can be and why you should not build replications in Python. Yeah. Of course, the other side of the coin is programmer's time, uh, engineers' time. So it's always a bit of a balance, I think. But I think these kind of sustainability metric aspects, they're slowly finding their way into these decision-making processes. And this is a really nice example, how you can, how you can incorporate it, I think.
1: Yeah, it sounds really interesting. So do you have any examples of success stories the implementations or changes of view, which have been really successful?
0: in my current project we have replaced some python code with go and that made things much easier in many different aspects because much smaller it builds much faster it performs a bit better the overheads much smaller so it's and the footprint is of course much lower right so you win on many different levels
1: we've touched on what engineers can do we've touched a bit on as well what organizations can do but i understand as you say that Timing might be an issue in terms of coming out of the COVID-19 situation, business owners being under pressure a little bit, and also the ongoing potential global downturn. So how does the SDIA or how do you yourself look at that and say, is it a case of we can afford to wait or should we make these changes now if possible?
0: Yeah, I think it's a difficult question because... Uh, basically, ask you: uh, Should we wait fixing our long-term issues to fix our short-term issues? And I'm luckily not in politics, so I'm allowed to look more on the long term. And I think these sort of issues they are too important to not fix as well. And I also think, from a personal perspective, I've got much more, I can make much more of an impact on those problems than I can make on the short-term problems. I can't do anything about COVID nor about the Russian ukraine problems i think is something that i as well as many engineers and developers can actually contribute on that's why yeah that's why i think it's important to do
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense actually it is something that we can all do at a small level isn't it really so how can listeners find out more about the sdia
0: yeah so we of course have a website we are on linkedin it's possible to become a member as well yourself uh, even a partner, if you want, then you can post the logo of the SA on your, your website. We also have Mattermost, which basically is some form of a Slack forum where you can find all the people that are working in this field and uh, maybe share your ideas. Okay. Uh, that's, that's also where we post many of our internal updates because there are some things going on in parallel. We also have a conference a day in London, actually. We're doing the same thing as we did before in Berlin and Amsterdam the last two weeks. Yeah, and overall, I would say you can always reach out to me or to Max uh, or just uh, directly to the SCIA.
1: Cool, great. So, yeah, and just to reiterate, what are the benefits then for companies to be able to uh, encourage themselves to join this scheme? For individuals, I think it's quite clear now. What about for companies themselves? Is there a way that the SDIA works as a scoring mechanism or is there some kind of league table?
0: That's a really good question. I think for a company, it's interesting to join the SDIA if you want to market or promote your um, the way you look at sustainability. I think we are one of the biggest non-profits in the European Union that focus on sustainable IT and being affiliated with such an organization really gives you, really is a sign that you care about our long-term environment. There are also companies that, that actually contribute as well, that are active in our community forum and that help us to digest information or to conduct experiments or to just spread knowledge. So you can also do that. But in the end, I think in the end, it's about showing that you care for the environment, which is also something that investors are looking more and more for. And this would be an, a simple way to, to show to the bigger audience and in return, you can also extract knowledge from this community, right? Because there are a lot of people that work on tools or implementations that either give you data on your footprint or that are working on legislation or that focus more on sharing knowledge. So there are many different topics in this community as well you can benefit from.
1: Awesome. And is that all in the Slack or is it in other forms?
0: So, yeah, this is mostly on most, which is... Basically our Slack, but it's an open source version of Slack. Okay. Which we host ourselves on a green server, uh-huh. which is focused by renewables. And yeah, you can send a mail to the SIA and then we can add you to, to MetaMouse. To
1: so tell me a little bit more about this green server and the way that this is hosted because that itself is sounds like a really good case study
0: yeah i think i went a bit too far there the i think the server uh, is not green by itself the energy that it's using is green i do know a, a case study which is quite interesting there's this website i need to look it up maybe i can share it with you later which is basically a blog that directly uh, is connected to a solar panel and it, it only is available when there is solar light right so at night it's often offline of course and even when it's cloudy yeah can be offline. It has no, no images. So I think the overall page size is somewhere around maybe 1 MB, I don't know. But generally quite quite slow compared to many pages of today. And it powers off when there's no energy available, which is, in my opinion, quite a good thing to do for the environment because you don't have to rely on fossil fuels, etc.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, please do share that.
0: Yeah. I think I also want to take a moment to maybe mention a couple of tools that developers already can use and how this more or less works because in the end, so I think if you can measure these things, you can also report on them and it's easier to convince management or to show investors that you are, that this is important, what you do. And you can also after the fact that what you have done is actually valuable. I think that's also the main challenge we have right now. How can we show that our improvements in software or orchestration also result in lower energy consumption? Absolutely. So as I mentioned before also, there's this one tool which focuses on performance monitor counters, which basically directly come from a CPU and say how much energy a CPU is using. These counters are sometimes available, mostly in Intel chips and Intel also provides an interface which is called RPL to convert some of these counters into more a more user-friendly format. So this is basically the only approach that currently exists to, from a software level, read your power consumption. Otherwise you would need to attach a voltmeter to your, your server or your machine to from the outside get an estimation. And if these things don't exist, you have to rely on estimation methods and those kind of things. So they're really two separate fields basically on this topic. And for the RPL part where you can measure, there are a couple of tools coming from a French organization called a and it's a tool that you can even use in a cluster obviously in a container you can deploy it on your carbon disk cluster uh, that exposes metrics to prometheus um, that you can use from there they also have some other tools as well that they use to even calculate embodied carbon right so the carbon that has been used to the, so the carbon emissions that that were emitted during the manufacturing part of the server okay wow Quite cool which are all estimations and i think they're the best effort we currently have so that's that's a part that exists and if you can't if you can't use these RPL interface or if you're working in a non-root environment or when you work on a higher level of, of abstraction such as lambdas or functions then i think the, the cloud camera footprint calculator and this tool basically it's developed by most importantly, the most important people in this field that have been working on measuring for a couple of years and this tool actually looks at your CPU utilization in AWS and after effect gives you a estimation of the power that has been consumed during the process and how much emissions cool. yeah, that implies.
1: Excellent. That sounds like quite a lot of stuff. And so, yeah, but if you can share those <laughs> with me later, that'd be perfect. And I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll definitely do share it. What I also like about these tools is that it really enables developers that are eager to do something with sustainability to start measuring their footprint and to start actually doing something in their daily work. It really brings this quite abstract idea of what is this, this sustainable IT into everyday life of an engineer, developer, I think that's, if we can achieve that as a society, as a industry, We are one big step closer to finding a solution for climate change, for those kind of things, at least for our field. And maybe good to add one last thing to that, because we haven't really discussed that yet, but I think it's important to also note people don't know often realize this because currently if you look at the total uh, energy consumed by it we are somewhere at six seven eight percent of the total energy consumption this is an estimate and academics are not really aligned here it also depends on the scope that you use and i've read so many papers that employ different methods or have different assumptions but it's somewhere in that area and if you look at the pace that this has been growing over the last last years if that would continue we will end up 15 20 maybe even twenty, thirty. also estimations don't take my word for it these are all just the basal speculation but so all in all the it sector has quite a big impact so if we were to change our ways we can actually solve quite a big part of this puzzle next to of course supplying the tools to make other sectors as well more sustainable that's a really good
1: which... point it underpins so much of what we do today of course and it consumes so much power you don't need to tell me i have three kids who are eating (laughs) eating up the power the whole time anyway but yeah and if you can make one change just one app a popular app which will save a fraction of a percent then globally rolling that out could make a fundamentally large difference
0: yeah look at netflix or instagram Uh, we don't even have numbers on no accurate numbers that are really reliable on how much energy is consumed by these, these applications but there have been predictions that put an hour of netflix equal to 30 kilometers of driving on electric vehicle. Personally, I, th- I, this seems a bit high to me and Netflix also has been strong in refuting it as well, but it w- I wouldn't be surprised if it's still quite high. And the kind of numbers would also be really valuable to have, right? And you can even yeah. start thinking about, okay. What if I don't use Netflix today and start doing something now that consumes less energy? And the same for Instagram. For Instagram, there have been more accurate numbers around there. And I think that so what I read is that the most popular person on Instagram is a soccer player called Ronaldo. Maybe you've heard of him. And when he posts a picture, it's often seen by about 300 million people. The overhead in terms of energy consumption that is implied there is about equal to the yearly consumption of one Amsterdam household, which... Is, we is just one picture of one person. So this, of course, this quickly adds up. And in these uh, band scale application services, 1% can make so much of a difference. That's why uh, measuring is so important because it, it, it allows us to start to connect these things in our decision-making and that's really what we're lacking now. And even if you look at our sense of emissions, it's that's often so much lower than we actually are emitting. There have been studies that ask people how much CO2 is emitted when you use one gallon of gasoline. And people have been underestimating their footprint by 70%. So it's incredible uh, how little we actually know about our daily life, carbon footprint, our emissions. So there's also much work to do, also in that sense, to just educate ourselves and each other.
1: Fascinating. Brilliant. Tom, thank you so much. We've got lots of things to share with our listeners. Lots of lots of links for you to dig out, I think, as well. But I'd just like to say thank you so much for joining me. And I'll wrap up for today. And I'll say thank you for joining us. And to see you again on the Software Delivery Club. Oh, one last thing before you go. Just a short reminder that I have a daily newsletter where I share lots of great content about how to lead the change in software delivery. You can check it out and sign up at softwaredelivery.club. Thanks. See you next time.